recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to our next installment of our love call. Kim, I don't know what our course is properly called. I was so unprepared for the intro. I was just glad that I recognized, <laughs> oh, that's Kim cueing me when she says, are we all ready? She means, Jeanette, are you ready? <laughs> I know. I should have said, I thought, no. Oh, I didn't not very clear, so may I was ready. I was just starting to inhale well, because I it's, was gonna... it's better than that when we have a minute of silence while Kim's waiting for me to begin our conversation. Uh, yeah, no, silence is good, but maybe not for the... What do they say in radio? There can't be any... What do they call it? Dead air or something? <clears throat> it's not good, so... Yeah. Um, what do we... We call it manifesting romance. Yay. That's what we're calling it. <clears throat> so, yeah, and today, it was a really good question, Janet, that you posted because you asked about uh, is self-love going to be discussed in its relationship to creating the um, dynamic and relationships that we want. And, yes, because today we're going to talk about the tools. Is that right, Jeanette? <laughs> we're going to go into yeah. our toolbox and look at the various tools for actually doing this manifesting, because we've spent a couple of weeks now looking at what our genuine requirements are, what our authentic desire for relationship is, and how we sometimes have contrasting desires, and and some of them get left in the dust, and of course, that means they're going to pop up as projections in the other person, and they and we may not like them because we aren't doing them; they're doing them, and <laughs> that can be irritating. And uh, so, we've explored these various ways and means of relating, and how that uh, shows up in the chart. So today, let's get down to some practical manifesting. That's what I'm all about here. <laughs> So, first of all, before we jump in, does anyone have any questions or comments about uh, their chart or, or relationship or anything that they're not clear about that we've discussed in the last couple of weeks? Everybody up to speed? Is there anything? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. So... We want what we want, right? We want this relationship, and uh, we, generally speaking, I think everybody here has this vision of what relationship they want, and it's not actually matching their reality. And um, put hands up if anybody has the ideal perfect romance that they they're always wanted to manifest, and they're living it, living the dream. I think I'm pretty close. Okay, cool. Good. Pretty close. I think I'm pretty close, but I, you know, I'm, um, I always think there's room for improvement in everything. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, just to, this is just to reinforce that, yeah, we are wanting to manifest something maybe different than what we're experiencing. And if we're not experiencing what we want, what does that mean, Jeanette? <laughs> if we're not living it, 
that has a lot to do with what we're the signal that we're sending the universe, isn't it? Yes, from a conscious creation perspective, it means we're not yet aligned to it because we can only experience what we're the vibration of. So if we don't have what we want yet, it means we've just still got some more ground to cover in learning the vibration of what we want. And that's when it comes to love, it's really easy. Well, I guess this is true for anything that we want that we don't yet have. If we're feeling any sort of yearning or frustration or hopelessness around it, those are very opposite vibrations of the having of it. So practicing um, whatever's going to help us close that gap so we can vibrate in alignment to what we want, is a, it's amazing how effective that is in allowing us to receive the relationship that we'd prefer. Mm, exactly. And uh, I thought it was such good timing that your post on casting, that, mm. did that come out yesterday? Could have been um, yesterday that, day before you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was fabulous. And uh, I put a link in the forum to it. And it's just a, it's a short post on how we create others what? to be. Because yes. we are making it up, and it doesn't seem like that. And most of the time, I don't even operate that way myself. But the truth is, we're, we're at least co-creating them. But there are a lot of LOA teachers who will put full responsibility on our shoulders as to how we experience other people. Exactly. And, well, if you look at the astrological chart, it's out, it, it, it's, if I'm having any issue with someone out there, it's my seventh house right? <laughs> it's not theirs. Or it's mm-hmm. my 10th house, or it's my 5th house, wherever they fall in the chart. And if there's something going on with them, if I'm saying something's not right out there, I can look at the chart, and but whose chart am I looking at? It's mine, and it's my energy, my signal, and it is a lot of uh, responsibility. It is a whole paradigm shift in how we see reality to actually take that step and and accept or recognize that we are creating what we experience and the good news is of course is if we're creating it a certain way we can uncreate that (laughs) and and uh, create something else so it's not um i think it's important to move quickly past any Guilt or uh, discomfort right. or judgment. Yeah, exactly. I just give you stuff up. Yeah, quick example. I have uh, mo- uh, most of Pisces is in my seventh house, and with one birth time, Neptune rules the seventh house uh, with with zero Pisces on the uh, cusp, and I, it, I've um, had a lot of experience with addicts. Um, I've uh, married and committed to and uh, <laughs> enabled and done all kinds of things with addicts for years and years and years. And um, it, I could just go, oh, it's just inevitable Neptune on the, you know, it's kind of a lower Neptune expression. There it is, it's my seventh house. Uh, my expectation in relationship is you know, this, you know, or I'm going to turn into um, 
what Mystic calls a, a love zombie. You know, I'm going to just, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to go into this Neptunian dream, or it, it, I'm, I'm out to lunch when it comes to relationship. And I could just resign myself to that and say that, okay, this is just the way it rolls. Or, or I can revision and realign myself to what the symbol of Neptune means. And there are many ways to do this. But the first thing, the first thing is to put awareness on what is going on and find the symbolism in the chart and then redesign that, form a new relationship to that symbol, which means basically form a new relationship to that part of yourself. And by doing that, you're going to experience relationships differently out there in the world. And that can happen without a relationship actually changing. Um, I haven't experienced that heaps <laughs> in personal relationships, but in in smaller relationships, I definitely have. Like my relationship with my dentist, I have not the, this is just the professional relationship. I don't have a relationship with my dentist per se, but um, uh, changing, <laughs> to be clear, uh, oh, good old Neptune, <laughs> um, uh, to be clear, um, by thinking of my dentist in a different way, I've had completely different dental experiences and uh, much, much more pleasant when I create them a different way. Jeanette, I remember, I was so impressed, years ago you were talking about being on hold to a company. I can't remember if it was your phone bill or what, but it was something like that. And there had been rigmarole and just round and round. It was trouble, trouble, trouble. And you're on hold again, and you, the steam was coming out your ears. You were so mm-hmm. pissed off. And then you recognize, you realize, you put awareness on it and go, hang on. And you said, this company, I love this company. They treat me like gold, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you yep. just said it all while the little canned elevator music was playing and you got that going. By the time they came back online, they treated you like gold, didn't they? Yeah, and yay for being aware that they they wouldn't be able to do that with steam coming out my ears. I can't get good service while I am vibrating. They're treating me terribly. This is horrible service. How are they even in business? You can't get good service with that vibration flowing. So yay for the awareness and the skills to turn it, which you don't have to be very skilled. It's just find a thought that feels better. Stick with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, I think uh, we're often dealing with patterns and patterns that started, you know, when we're pre-verbal. We can look at the moon and talk about our very first relationship with mother and the patterns that were uh, begun there. And to make these changes, we really do have to put awareness. I'm pausing while I'm saying that because I've heard, Jeanette, I've heard others say that you don't really have to work out what the pattern was or where this is coming from, that you just have to find that better feeling thought. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of two schools of well, of, uh, I, and, uh, you're right. There, we will hear differing opinions on this in particular, but I think the awareness of what we don't want, we don't have to go understand where it came from or how long it's been there or why it is in order to change it. But often it isn't until we're aware that, oh, this is what I don't want, 
that allows us to cue what we do want, right? Like it wasn't until I was noticing I'm handicapping myself and my cat with a terrible vet before I realized, oh my God, why would I make up a terrible vet? Why don't I have a fabulous vet who gets it right and it's easy peasy, smooth and breezy? The same way when I asked my mentor coach, I said, Gina, what do you do with clients who aren't ready to hear that they create their whole world? And there was this long pause and then she said, she was just like perplexed. She said, why would you create them that way? And I, I got it instantly. Why would I create clients who weren't ready? Duh. Why would I? I wouldn't when I'm in my right mind. That's <laughs> right. I can change or my mind. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can change your mind. And we can just translate in that. Why would we create a love relationship that wasn't fulfilling? What in the world would prompt us to do that? And you can probably look at the chart and see why. <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can see some of the reasons. And but And... But ultimately, the reasons don't matter. And today, I'd like us to just kind of dissolve. Here comes my Neptune again. We're going to just dissolve those that focus on, oh, but, you know, my Mars is opposite Venus, and, you know, I'm conflicted. And, okay, so we've recognized these things. Now, we're just going to move forward and find ways and means of changing that vibration, casting a different character. And it really, really is magic when we start doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really cool. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. So let's, let's jump right in. I was, I was also thinking sometimes there might be good reasons. Well, often, maybe even always, there could be good reasons why, because I'm looking at my own chart and trying to look, mm-hmm. why would I create such a jerk of an ex? And okay. uh, and I know I got a good reason on that because if if he hadn't been such a jerk, I would still be here, and I don't want to oh. be here anymore. You know, like there there is yeah. it isn't always to be judged as a bad thing. So again, just to reiterate what you said earlier, Kim, about removing the judgment and the blame and the beating ourselves up, and just being more compassionate and loving as we go through this process. That's. That's so important. What you just said is so true, and I've experienced this, and I've actually, even in retrospect, in hindsight, seen it and thought, if he'd been just a smidgen kinder or more accommodating, or if he'd just, you know, met me halfway, and then I think, oh, my God, I'd still be there. there. I thought that about my job, too. Like, if my boss wasn't such a jerk, I'd still be there, and this is way better. <laughs> this is way, way yeah, better. Exactly. So we there. I think this co- comes back to awareness. Sometimes we are casting them in a way because we won't step out of the situation unless it's uncomfortable. And, and yeah, like can, our, yeah, our hired uh, guidance is saying, move, expand, grow this way, go some this way. And they're luring and they're opening doors and showing us images. And we go, oh, but it's so cozy here. And they go, oh, all right. Do you, remember in, <laughs> so we, do you remember in Castaway when Tom Hanks makes it back to civilization and he's in the hotel room that his company's put him up in and he can't sleep on the bed. He's sleeping on the floor. Sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes what we, we do what we do because it's what we're used to and it's what we're comfortable with, even if it isn't pleasant. So um, there, there can be a lot of insight as to um, why we would create someone 
to be a particular way. But again, delving into that, I think it is worth questioning how much of it is helpful. When If we're all we're doing is focused on what do I prefer, a vet who gets it right with my cat, that seems like an easy answer. Yeah, let's do that. And ta-da, mm-hmm. there he was. Fabulous guy. <laughs> he was that way every time. I'd, I'd book with him exclusively. He was, it was great. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, oh, it's just, it astounds me no matter how long I work with this and how long um, I'm in this frame of mind, this understanding of deliberate creation, it still astounds me how malleable reality is. How much we are in control. It's it's so it's really full on. <laughs> so um, now, with that in mind, I thought today uh, we could just go. There's a small enough group here that if anyone who wants to look at their own situation, and we can just kind of uh, put put some things in the cauldron and come up with those little spells, some steps, some ways and means to help us. We can all help each other find that shift, find that uh, way of aligning with uh, what we want and experience that for a while (laughs) see where that takes us. So who wants to go first? Jeanette, did you want to look at your chart? Um, I'm happy to let someone else go. <laughs> if, uh, if, if it, we can look at mine if no one else wants to, but um, okay. surely someone right, here. Anyone? Thanks. I'm 149 if we end up looking at mine. Let's start with yours because I think um, I think people are getting cold feet here. <laughs> no, I'm not it's afraid. It's kind of a big, it's okay, spoken like a I'm true scorpion. Okay. All right. So one, four, nine. Hang on. Let's. um, I should have this ready. And I will. Just put Kim's in and change the last number to nine. Really? Yeah. What's that surprise me? I didn't even know my own number. Um, There you are. Now. You've done some work looking at your chart and thinking about how there is multiple, I mean, you've got three signs in your seventh house, for starters. You know, you go in there as a cancer and you have all of Leo and then you end up with Virgo and Mars. So you've got a complex, there's a complex um, array of energy and rulers when it comes to your seventh house. And I'm sure that you've experienced um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot. And I, <laughs> your your most current ex is a Virgo, right? Triple Virgo. We, trip, yeah, trip, trip. And uh, Mars and Virgo there, of course. And we're not looking at the sinistry because I've never seen the sinistry. I'm kind of dying to. I'm hoping when he's a proper ex, I get to see the sinistry. <laughs> but I have to wait. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Mars in the seventh, as we've talked about before, has this contrast of seventh says, you know, accommodate, adjust, collaborate. Mars says, you know, I'm the boss, follow me. And it can it can be complex, but 
when you get it right, when you get that balance really happening, happening where is uh, there's this kind of co-rulership going on where you, you maintain your empowerment at all times while in a sense of collaboration and sharing and openness, it's just, it's magic. And Leo's there and it means that when that's really working for you, your creativity just blossoms. Mm. And, and and so relationship in, in that respect, um, well, you're Libra too. So relationship is part of knowing who you are. So it's not something you're going to duck this lifetime. You're going to be, you know, in relationship. And while you're at this point of ending one and opening up into a whole new chapter of your life, do you... Do you feel like, I'm remembering back how you manifested this relationship. Do you feel yeah. that you want to do it differently this time? or? Well, first of all, it's the time for a, a new relationship feels further away. And that sounds strange to say as a Libra son, because you know we like to have them lined up, ready to go before we're even done yep. with the last one. Yep. This one feels like, get your head on straight, girl. Because you know what I want to do? I want to set up my life my way. I want to make every decision my from my pure preference, not accommodating anyone else. Because I was dating a guy. Okay, I was dating a guy last time. Russ and I were, uh, for I, when I was house hunting, I started dating that guy, who was all. He wanted me to go live up near him, and he yeah. had strong feelings about what sort of place I should buy. He actually he had strong opinions, and I real I found myself listening to him, not like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that, but considering what he had to say, and I realized, Jeanette, don't even have that input. This guy is going to be come and gone. Before you know it, you are not going to, don't end up in a house that he had any influence in. Mm-hmm. I've driven, I, st- I, I sold this truck to my dad, but I drove a truck for a long time that I shopped with a boyfriend. Like, you know what, you should not let men make major decisions in your life. <laughs> they come and go really fast, and you end up with these big ticket purchases that, you just want to make sure it's pure you doing this. So, so yeah, wow, could you feel me on that? I'm like, yeah. keep the men out. And I know myself well enough. i got to give myself a big lecture about it. Keep the men out for a while. Get yourself set up with what you want. You know you picked this. No one else had any hand in it. And then maybe. maybe yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because I say maybe. Mars, I, no, I agree. Because your Mars in the seventh, is, your Mars is there and, the drive, you have this drive and desire for relationship, but uh, they can't own the Mars. If they take over your Mars, you'll be miserable. And it's it's a, almost a paradox because you're attracted to strong men, but strong men tend to want to control. <laughs> so that is exactly the why our this particular breakup is so, we'll call it passionate, and I mean that in all the wrong ways. Yeah. <laughs> not no, in any it. good ways like yeah. domestic disturbance ways guys <laughs> yeah oh gosh yeah. yeah and that's just Mars just spewing his guts out and um, he's going to be purged he's going to be feeling a whole lot better you've got Jupiter about to come transit right over um, the end of Virgo and into Libra when it hits your sun you are going to see the world in a whole new way. You know, it's a whole new expansion and this feeling of freedom and your own identity, uh, not 
tailored to someone else's wishes. And it may be the first time in a long, 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 long time that you've had that. Well, so. I wondered if it was that Mars placement at the end of my seventh house. Because, you know, if if I've got moon ruling the beginning of one where it's all, oh, and, and cancer, I'm all, oh, how can I make you more comfortable? I'm so accommodating and nurturing and sweet. And then pretty soon it's all, it's like a, um, yeah, I am done accommodating you. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. a stand and um, it's not going to be pretty or fun for anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Except me that, that kind of likes being able to stand up for herself. You know, that's, yeah. I got, yeah. but I seriously got to find a healthier version of this next time around. I will well, not do it like this again. That's right. And so in the future, when you are um, deliberately creating your next real, you know, serious or, you know, relationship, you can, um, it doesn't really, you know, flings are fun with this Mars because it is just all passion and it moves through quickly and Mars loves that. But um, when you want something more serious, that, Creating that, being super aware of that combination of strength plus respect for your space. Mm-hmm. And that comes with you, starts within. You owning your own power and respecting your needs and the people around you. So it's um, it's going to be a, that I think that key, it's going to be key. Bringing Mars in in the healthiest, most holistic way when it comes time for casting that new player, <laughs> or maybe yeah. not player is not the right word in our <laughs> <laughs> character. We'll call it player. Character. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, you've got so much awareness on this. It's um, well, it's and I'm I've kind of wondered that because my animals have so much to do with what unfolds in my relationships. I mean, if anyone isn't sending the love their way, then this is a short-lived thing. And it's such an easy way to score points with me. If you are good to my animals, I am like, you you are in, buddy. And I wondered if part of that is because of I've got the moon ruling the sixth house. And that little, like that, I wonder if that cancer little thing going on at the beginning of my seventh is part of why you know that that really matters a lot to me when when it, you start when you start to go sideways of my animals you, we have a problem we have a very it, serious problem serious problem and uh, we see this with duplicated signs and it's a really uh, great example of how the first um the lesser degrees like the you know, how many degrees that four degrees uh, on the sixth house cusp is where the cancers um, sign starts to really blossom, and this feeling of nurturing and love, and it's it, and protection is there. And the next cusp is where it spills out into. It's like it carries over, and this does. If you had a relationship that didn't love and respect your um, connection to animals, it would. Um, it doesn't work. Well, hello. No. It was the guy that I was dating. He said he thought it was crazy that I was looking at houses <laughs> in consideration of what my dogs would prefer. He said, Jeanette, yeah. it's like you're buying a dog house. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I know that that would have been just about the last date after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a guy who not only Cap- doesn't get it, but... Oh, yeah, no. he, did, he didn't. But he was a Capricorn, and his contrast was really cool at the time. 
Yeah. You know, his, <laughs> the contrast that he showed and so forth. So. It's true. That helped me get super yeah. clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know. When Just to um, give people an example, I remember when you first created this relationship, you were single. Mm-hmm. And what I remember of you telling about it, you... Um, you went through life as if you weren't sing- single, right? Oh, you go to I, the moon. I, true. Yeah. I made my list, 47 things on the list, and I, tr- I acted as if there was a new man in my life. And he was yeah. there within three weeks. And he had 43 yeah. of the 47 things on the list. Wow. I know. Wow. So was on that list was um, something to do with a really balanced Mars in there, like, no, that's Wrong. what I should put on my next list. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I cast my next character. Okay, balanced Mars. That's what. That's your yeah. tip. Okay, that's balanced my, Mars. Balanced Mars. Write that down. <laughs> I'll remind you. <laughs> I've, yeah, and, and and please, Lord, let it be a while till we get to that point because I'm really looking yeah. forward to enjoying life solo for a while. Well, that it, it's. You have every right to have a holiday from relationship and um, and enjoy it fully. So uh, I think just that setting that intention is is going to allow it. And maybe yeah. noticing if my Libra ways start to creep in <laughs> to just remind myself, yeah. Nat, this is your time you setting up shop by yourself. <laughs> well, no I man. think just I'll just say one more thing before we leave this. But your Libra ways can feel fulfilled in other collaborations. So when you're feeling like, oh, it's partnership, focus a bit more on your, you know, focus on me. <laughs> focus Yay. on your other part. <laughs> Where just put a little, little energy into, okay, this is a co-creation here. And um, Libra might feel a little bit better about that. Thank you for that tip. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Kim, before we move on, I just wanted to double check that I understand what you, you know, where you found that insight about what Jeanette needs to be looking for next. Is it purely in her seventh house Mars? Um, so is it, so are you saying that whoever she looks for next needs to somehow balance out her Mars or is there something else? Because I, I don't quite get the connection. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at a combination of things, really. Mars and the seventh, they don't, Okay, it's weird, because inversely it seems like they are balancing it out. But when Jeanette has a balanced Mars in her, she will attract someone with a balanced Mars out there. And just by focusing on the desire of a balanced Mars, we can make it seem like, okay, I want them to be this. We're really saying, I want me to be like this. And it's a way of living that living that Mars and giving some honor and respect to that Mars. But it's not just Mars. Um, she's Sun Uranus, which uh, Sun and Libra. I want to relate Uranus uh, conjunct. I want autonomy and finding a balance between these, these two. I mean, I didn't go into all these little details because I just picked one theme, but that is another. That kind of reinforces. It's another way of saying Mars in the seventh house. She's got it going a few different directions. Um, Moon in Scorpio, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So we've got this really strong 
connection there, uh, but it's conjunct Libra. So we've got, I mean, it's conjunct Venus, okay, in Libra. Uh, We're saying it again. We've got three, already three strong themes, and they're all connected to Saturn. They're all connected to Saturn. So it's almost like she, Jeanette, you've got this drive to make this real and make it in the the most fulfilling and authentic way possible and it really is all boils down to it, it you know it's nuanced and it has subtleties but it boils down to i have connection and i have autonomy and it's uh, finding a beautiful blend and not either or you know what I love, Kim? Your little sneaky way of how you're helping me balance out my Mars by saying, yeah, I intend to partner with a balanced Mars because if that's what I'm focused on and thinking about and imagining, I'm balancing out my own. Like that's shifting my yeah. own energy. And um, that felt like a much nicer way to say, girl, you got to tend to that Mars action you got going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the way to do it because if, we're try, if we focus too much on like, oh, God, got to, you know, I've got to get this right, and it's just, it's pressure. Yeah, I think of it as wrong. Yeah, I think of it, oh, yeah, this is my handicap. This is what I always get wrong. This is where, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that doesn't work. That just makes more of the handicap. So we just think, this is what I'd love to see out there, and you then feel that vibration within yourself. You send a different signal, and you become that balance Mm -hmm. and so of course you're Mm -hmm. going to attract that balance remember relationships are the mirrors held up to us by the gods it's nothing's out there right (laughs) nothing out there which is why i can change my cast of characters so powerfully once i decide to yes because it's all in so so the the next question i've got (laughs) sorry (laughs) is Using Jeanette's chart as an example, you know, because we, we talked about this being about the tools, how we look at our chart and work out our own best tools for creating the romance we want. So what tools could Jeanette use to balance out the, her Mars? Well, one, it, it, I know Jeanette, see, this, here's where we cross over where I know the client pretty well, and I know that her Mercury opposite Saturn, her scripting is really uh, one of her go-to things, and it works for her. Uh, so scripting is strong. That's saying it, just as she said before, you know, acting as if, but and bringing it into the, the words, whether it's writing it down or... The self-talk. Uh, yeah, the mm. self-talk. Thanks. That's what it is. It's that self-talk. Way more than the vision... Um, you know, I don't see her cutting out magazine pictures so much. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, <laughs> but <Yep. laughs> um, there's something else too. If we look to, okay, Mercury is the depositor of Mars because Mars is in Virgo and Virgo is ruled by Mercury. And if we look to the Virgo house, it's busy, it's intense, it's eighth house. And if someone was really wanting to get their Mars in the seventh right, and it was difficult to focus on the relationship or on the partner that they wanted, or, you know, it's just bringing up too much stress and pressure, I would suggest going to 
the eighth house and maybe finding a career in helping others mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. Uh, particularly financial or, you know, coaching, psychotherapy. Um, be a tarot reader and it would feel, you know, fit. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. the other thing is go to the, you've heard me say this a million times, go to the trine, go to mm-hmm. the sextile, find the release point that is uh, more fluid. And here she has um, the beautiful trine with Saturn um, working. I can't imagine. Okay. If Jeanette, Jeanette, if you had a crappy job that you were unhappy with, your relationship would go to crap. Wow. Well, been there, done Can that. Can you see? <laughs> see, says, see what I mean? If Saturn's yeah. not happy, Mars yeah. is going to be happy. So, so yeah. if Mars isn't quite happy, get Saturn happy as an inverse way. You know, you don't have to just focus in on the thing you're trying to fix because we all know if you're trying to fix it, it's not right. going to fix because we're seeing it as broken. So just slide on down to that uh, Saturn and put some energy into work. We um, write a new start book. Start a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> start, a, start podcasting. Start doing this sort of thing. Um, there's also the sextile to the Venus and Moon, and you know, it's not going to hurt you to have some flings that are just mm. for fun. Mm. I think that gets Venus. That just that solves a lot of things, real, you know, because dating and just being kind of superficial in relationship for a while, and see, for fun. Just like fun. My friend told me to. Yes. You have a <laughs> My Libra just split. got free reign. <laughs> so, Janet, does that make sense? There's, um, we did a, yeah, Janet and I made a, um, oh, so, so uh, no, I was say, yeah, totally makes sense to me. Now, now that you explain it, I, I don't know that I could do that looking at someone's chart. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I certainly, um, I don't feel kind of confident about looking at my own chart to, to elicit the same kind of um, information. You know that I, I'm, I still, I still don't feel confident about knowing what tools to, to, to use based on my chart, and that's kind of um, so I'm still I mean I, I'm assuming we can talk more about this in the forum oh yeah absolutely and I was just going to say that Jeanette and I wrote a oh where is it it's in a few different places a kind of lengthy blog post on all the different tools for various oh signs. I remember that yes yeah I remember Find that, that. And I'll put it in the forum. And if we can find it before, be I'll, I'll put it in the chat so people listening to the call can um, click on it. I know it's in Jeanette. I know it's in your Good Vibe blog, and I think and I reposted it in the Eleventh House blog, and it should be at GVA. So we'll find that. Um, it's cool. got to be somewhere. That'd be great. In there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have this, this is Quilly, I have this um, very strange, I mean, I was thinking about really casting myself as the star of my life, which is from a movie I saw, but then I realized that all the fantasy and movies and TV shows and everything are really where I get most of my um, 
ideas about relationships. And just today I realized that the relationship I want is between um, Watson and Sherlock Holmes in in that television show Elementary. I don't know if, if anybody in Australia has seen that, but it's mm-hmm. it's very cerebral and not romantic especially and not sexual, although there's a lot of tension. But the part I liked about it is that, you know, they live in the same house and he brings her breakfast in bed quite often. And 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 the one I just saw, he not only he did that, but he brought her a new dress to wear wherever they were going and I thought, that's what I want. And I nothing at all like um my idealized romance or my idea of how a relationship would be, I decided I think I want to be like a a queen or something, or Betty Davis, I don't know. (sighs) Nothing like my romantic, oh, this is so lovely, and and I have that cancer on this seventh house cuss too. And, And when people first meet me, they think that, Oh, look, here's somebody who's going to take care of me. And, boy, that is not the case. Because as soon as mm. it's into Lee, to Leo, it's like, I'm the queen here. And <laughs> really meeting my queen. And, and, um, and so usually a rude awakening for people, men, I mean. Ah. Um, so that's a, I, I'm rambling, I know, but. It just struck me when I read that thing about casting different roles in your life. I've got to find somebody who really wants to, um, I don't know, cherish me, I guess. I love the idea of that. Quilly's 1240, if anyone wants to look at her chart while we're talking about this. Yeah, you know what? Um, This brings back to what Janet asked at the very beginning of the call. Are we going to talk about self-love in relationship because casting someone who cherishes you. You want to, someone who, to cherish you. And Jeanette, mm, right. <laughs> we know the universe is only going to be as good to us as we are to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so if we don't know how to love and adore ourselves, we couldn't experience someone else who does. So the first step to manifesting that is to practice it on ourselves. That way we're a fabulous match to someone who feels the same way about us, has the same mm-hmm. intentions and desires. Exactly. And I think when when cancer's involved, I've got Venus in cancer and Jeanette, you and Quilly and a few others, Joe, um, have... Uh, cancer um, descent on the descendants or ruling the seventh house thing about cancer is this initial feeling that i'm not valuable valuable unless i'm needed i need to be needed i need that to feel like i'm needed and it can get needy um, <laughs> which of course the capricorn side i've got mars and capricorn you guys have capricorn rising is just appalled by the idea of neediness <laughs> shove that down shove shove she gets so shoved down. And the thing is that I think the idea of self-love and that cherishing oneself is so nurturing 
for wherever you have cancer in your chart, but particularly if cancer is involved directly in your experience of relationship, oh boy, power that up. Power up the self-love. Power up the um, the cherishing and not waiting for someone else to need you to feel of value. It's It almost is... Um, it becomes a worthiness exercise as well. So the idea of self-love and worthiness is woven into that, I would say. I'm glad you brought that up, Kim, because it's possible for us to manifest someone who feels that way about us and wants to treat us that way, and yet we wouldn't experience it if we didn't know how to receive it, if we hadn't practiced feeling that way or treating ourselves that way. It's which is kind of frustrating because we can manifest something that we can't allow if we haven't learned the vibration of it yet. That's true. I've got to practice. A lot of people would be like, let's just let me practice with someone else being good to me, and then I'll work on being good to my own self. You know what? You know, I've experienced that with my, you know, with my husband, because he did do those things and um, bring me coffee every morning and cook and do everything else and I and but I realized there was a part of me that said um yeah that it is hard to take being completely adored mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it sounds weird right it's like everyone's everyone says the same thing about winning the lottery oh really it's hard to receive financial wealth and abundance watch me I'll show you how it's done but when it comes right down to it so many people have trouble receiving a genuine compliment, let alone mm. a couple million dollars or an amazing yeah. guy like that. It's amazing how bad we are <laughs> letting oh. life be good to us. It's, it's <laughs> shocking. I had this yesterday. I was shoveling. Um, to, I was oh, extending a little bit of tiles around the where there was a muddy spot with it's too shady and the lawn wouldn't grow. Okay, make that fast. Mm-hmm. So I was, sho- I was scoop, kind of scoop shoveling to get the soil right to dump the sand and get the tiles in. And um, my neighbor comes by and said, he said, some- see, I can't remember exactly what he said because it was a compliment. Uh, something about, wow, you really uh, are good at good shoveler or something like that. That's all it was. My initial response, I started to say, oh, that's just because. I was I was negating it. My first thing was negate. And I caught myself halfway. He probably thinks I have Tourette's or something. I caught, <laughs> caught myself halfway through. And I said, accept all compliments. Thank you. <laughs> and he just Awareness. That was, yeah, it didn't do much for my relationship with the neighbor. But <laughs> it was just kind of incongruent a little talking to myself, not him. But the point is, all this work and all this, stuff I've done, and then, boom, there was, immediately. Negate this, don't accept the compliment. Make it sound like I'm only good at this because, you know, that's just because of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, but actually being a quality of me. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that wasn't a Or something, it's just like, oh, it's just something that happened out of the blue. It doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, it's that's just, right. right. I have a mistake. It was an accident that you saw. That so now, and if so, if we wanted a guy who, you know, loved and adored us, we you can see how love and adoring your own self is the first step, oh, because yeah. otherwise we'll just be dismissing that all over the place, and eventually 
they either get tired or, or frustrated or um, or we just can't put up with it anymore and we'll sabotage it some other way. Exactly. I mean, if you're trying to engage with someone and you do t- tell them something you like about them or that you think they're good at, and they just kind of throw it in the dirt or toss it aside and go change the subject and go, oh, it's such a lovely day, you you don't feel heard. You're not making the connection that you're wanting to make about that that person. You're just dissed. You're completely dissed. So, um, yeah, it's a good way to just um, deflect and not really engage. So awareness on awareness on that because it's a clue, isn't it? Yeah, it's no fun to be dishing out love that doesn't get received. So learning how to receive it. That's if we want someone who's really good at loving us, we got to know how to let that in. And the best and way, to, yeah, to do that is practice on your own self first. Yeah, absolutely. I almost, maybe not every day, Janet can maybe attest to this. We have a coaches group where pretty regularly, Janet, I don't know if you tune in there, <laughs> but I pretty regularly post some sort of brag or compliment to myself today. I quoted someone from my inbox who said something nice, I posted it for the group to see just for a couple of reasons. One, to get in the habit of celebrating myself, and when I can do that with more than me, then it's even more powerful, but also to set the example for others that self-love is okay. It really is. We don't get a lot of that in our culture. So much of this Mm. is happening Mm -hmm. quietly behind closed doors (laughs) that um, I think it's important to to show others Self-love is pretty cool, actually. Watch me do it. See? I didn't get struck down by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. 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 Uh, w- when we started the call, someone piped up and wanted to um, have us look at their chart. I want to make sure we don't um, end the call without connecting. Was that was that Melissa or was that Jody? It was I think Jody. it was Jody. Yay. What's your chart number, Jody? 1190. 1190, yay. I was just thinking about some articles that have been going around about self-love as as an act of rebellion. And with Uranus Uranus in my seventh house, that totally resonated with me that I can do self-love as an act of rebellion. Love yeah. that. That is so cool. As soon as you said that, I just went, oh, my goodness. That's, um, that yeah. is cool. No wonder it resonates with you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. So, Jody, have you had some successes with um, setting intentions or uh, any work that you've done on creating the relationships that you want? After we had our conversation last time, I went away and had a really good think that, and I realized that to be loved, I need to be given my freedom, and to be given my freedom is the highest expression of love that someone can show me. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of things had been shifting around about that time, and my former lover suddenly stepped up and claimed responsibility for the crap stuff that he had done six months ago and how we could possibly find a way forward. Um, And on the Taurus new moon back in May, I had actually written a list 
that if he was to come back into my life, he needed to be these things. And he basically, I think, picked everything that was on that list. Um, <laughs> Way to go. And I realised that rules and boundaries don't work for me. What I need is a vision to work towards. So I have put my vision slash intention out there and that's all I'm focused on. I'm not investing in negative talk about what I think people are doing or not doing or what I am doing and should be doing and just keeping focused on being positive, hanging on to that vision, hanging on to that intention and working towards that and trusting that everyone will come along to the party. <laughs> right on. That's that's fabulous. I wonder if, as we look at your chart, has anyone noticed the mutual reception that Jody has with uh, Venus and Uranus? Mm-hmm. Uranus is in the sign of uh, that Venus rules, and Venus is in the sign that Uranus rules. Oh, we've seen that. Cool. Yeah, it's super cool, it. and it brings when we have a mutual reception, it brings an extra um, connection between these two. It's a, it's a, they, in horary charts, they change places. It's that connected. You can actually switch them up um, and, and read them in diff- their uh, respective signs and uh, houses. So when you said that the freedom is the high, I can't remember exactly who said it, it was the highest form of love. <laughs> yes. I just thought that is the mutual that is that mutual reception that is um so beautifully uh spoken in the signature here so it's um but it's got to do more than just stay in i mean you can set the intention you have the vision eventually you need to live the reality because of the connection to Saturn you need to bring it down into the uh real world it wants to operate in uh, concrete reality so making sure that it's how do i explain this sometimes you can just say okay here's the vision if i can't have the vision then uh it's just going to be nothing i will not have a relationship until it fits the vision and you can that can become extreme and if it does your saturn's going to get really unhappy so you want to Make sure that uh, you bring this down into the real world as well, where it lives out in practical ways. And I know that you have and do, and um, it's not a problem, but that just strikes me as um, it's not just visionary. If it was just visionary that you, you know, you'd put it in a novel, it'd be part of a series, it would be, you know, it would live out that way. Maybe it does. Maybe it already does. Um, And that's a fabulous... I mean, the universe, seriously, the universe doesn't care how this lives out in you energetically. And if you were totally identified with it in story form, it would be enough, except it's connected to Saturn. And it needs to be um, in the body, in in the life, in a very grounded way, especially so close to your fourth house cusp. And I think that I bring it back to reality when I keep being practicing gratitude about what I do have and being focused uh, on what I do have as opposed to 
always being focused on what I don't have, which is what I messed up with last year was always being focused on everything he didn't do and everything my partner didn't do and rather than going actually there's a pretty long list of things that they both do that are pretty amazing and wonderful that's a, yeah that's a, such a good uh point there um Jeanette, it's like that zigzag thing isn't it it, ha- it spills over to the idea that if you see a person in a particular way, if, for example, see all the good things that they are doing or the ones that are aligned with you and we're calling good, um, you're not going to experience them when well, they're doing yeah, something it's else. Like right? When I'm fuming on hold with customer service, there's no way I get a good answer from whoever comes on the line. No, exactly. Good service doesn't happen when I'm fuming about how bad it is. So, but when you're you. inversely, when you're yeah. t- when you're saying this company treats me like gold, nobody yeah. can get on the line and be crappy to you. Exactly. They, <laughs> they won't be there. They get they, they open their mouth, they start choking, they take off their headset and pass it to the nice person next to them, it's and they like, have to go. <laughs> the Star Wars trick where Obi Wan says these are not the droids you're looking for. They're not capable of delivering anything else. When you, right. When we get it right. You are not the droids we're looking for. You will let us pass. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing, though, Kim and, and Jeanette, was that that even though I had done, I knew what I wanted. I had the vision. I'd had the not so difficult discussions with my my partner. My I don't know lover had sort of said yes, and we got together, and it was we had a we had a lovely couple of hours together. The moment I left him, the whiplash, mm. and it was straight back to negative thinking. And I had to sit in that horrible space for a whole day thinking, it's all stupid and I'm stupid and I haven't learned anything and I'm going back and it will be the churn and it will be awful. And, blah, 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 blah. and it took kind of going, why am I thinking this? Like, look at all the positives. Where, where are the negatives? No, you're inventing the negatives based on past experience. Um was uh, an, an interesting experiment in how easily our brain <laughs> can slip back into all this negative self-talk mm-hmm. and that you have to consciously practice it, Agreed. create it as the default. Yep. That's, that's when it really, as we create a new habit, like it's not something we have to do for life, but until those new thoughts are habitual, getting deliberate about taking ourselves back to the good place, however many times is required, that's what the work is. And to not beat up on myself because I was obviously an idiot for doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. The moon rules uh, the brain and the memory. Okay, not the mind. Venus, uh, I mean, sorry, Mercury rules the mind and the thoughts and consciousness, what we think and what we think we think. But the actual physical brain is ruled by the moon and and our memories and those neural pathways that uh, we go down so regularly. It's just so easy to slip down that track. And it does actually take Mercury consciousness and awareness placed on it to shift those lunar um, mm. patterns. Cool. So oh, in, that's really as, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Moon is habit. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for sharing that and your chart. That beautiful mutual reception. (laughs) Can everybody see that? I want to make sure everybody knows, Mm -hmm. uh, can recognize that because that's a, I always kind of automatically search for mutual receptions when I'm looking at a chart, just kind of glancing through, trying to uh, spot them because they will create a stronger relationship that even if there's an aspect um, between the two, um, even if there's an aspect like Uranus is square Venus, and we think, oh, but uh, there is the mutual reception which puts them, it's easier for them to jump into each other's shoes and uh, and connect. It's easier to create di- dialogue between those energies. So I can see Janet slipping away. She's got to go. Thanks for being there, Janet. I know you um, you dropped somebody else to be with us, so we're really <laughs> honored and appreciate uh, that. Thank you. I'm going to dash and I'll be late to the thing, but it's fine. Okay. okay. I'll talk Bye, Janet. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, just before, we're at the top of the hour, but if anyone has any question or comment that you want to add, or um, you, we can always carry on in the forums, and we're going to do that. You, um, you, uh, you can talk in a second. I'm just going to keep talking over you <laughs> if you have a question. <laughs> I just want to mention um, before we hang up that I start a new thread. It's called Manifesting Sinistry, and it's kind of the last portion um, we switched this around. We were going to do the sinistry charts first, and I thought, no, that's just going to put us in, too much in the mind of them out there and them and the giving them power. And I just wanted to have this call where we really reclaim everything about relationship back to ourselves and work on it from that point. And then, as a little ice cream reward, we're going to <laughs> play with sinistry on our next session. And that'll be a little further. I think we're going to do that um, next month because we've got another, we've got the align call mm-hmm. in two weeks, and then we'll we'll cap this with the synastry. But I want to start looking at synastry charts uh, in the forum when you're ready. Cool. But for the next week or so, let's definitely put energy into manifesting um, our own little formula of what we want to do to boost our alignment to what we want. Jeanette and I will be there in the forum to help you with any tips or if you get stuck. Um, But yeah, if anybody has any questions, um, shoot now (laughs) before we hang up. This has been a great discussion today. I really appreciate everyone who dialed in live to contribute to it. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Alrighty-o then. Thanks so much for uh, coming and bringing your charts and your t- uh, experiences. Made it a great call. Yeah, looking forward to our um, our continuing forum discussions on this. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.